Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is The Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of The Beef. I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. And I've got in the studio with me today, Brittany Applin from one of the best seafood restaurants here in the Tomball area, if not the best seafood restaurant in the Tomball area, Captain Brad's Coastal Kitchen. Brittany, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. All right. So I like to start off our shows with a little icebreaker, if you will. And from following you on Facebook, I know that you're a pretty interesting follow. You've got some great content. I really love to just open that app up and see what's going to be next today. So if humans came with a warning label, what would yours say? Probably like um, approach with caution, maybe, but like in a nice way, I guess I respect the good stuff. But if I see something clowny, I have to say it. Absolutely. Well, we definitely all need to uh, step up and say things these days because this world's getting crazy. It is. All right. So before we get started with all this, I've got to take a second to talk about our partner, a tremendous sponsor for this podcast, Community Bank of Texas. They know that especially now, the experience and availability of a banking partner is crucial. They're here to help and support your business, and their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that we need during these challenging economic times. As a business owner, a lot of things keep me up at night. My bank shouldn't be one of them. When you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about how committed your banker is to you. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. The short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions. When it comes to doing business, they simply deliver a better banking experience. They're a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member of the FDIC, and an equal housing lender. But the reason you're here, we want to talk about Captain Brad's. We want to know all about it. I know you've got a very interesting story with Captain Brad's on how you started, but just tell us, you know, who you are, why you got into the industry and why you decided to become an entrepreneur. All right. So really the restaurant industry is kind of all I know. My dad opened his first restaurant. Well, he was a commercial crabber, shrimper, oysterman. We were always just raised on the water, my whole family. And he decided to get out of that. It was dangerous. Opened a seafood restaurant because that's all he knew. And I kind of just worked with him side by side. For a, he opened his first one at a, when I was 11, and then he was successful. He opened another one that I ran. I GM'd that one when I was 23 in Cyprus. And he opened another one a few years after that in spring. So it's kind of just our whole life was the restaurant industry and seafood. And I feel like I got better training than a lot of, you know, call I didn't learn from a book, but I learned what to do when the fryer goes out or, you know what I mean? A baby fell out of a high chair or whatever it is. You know what I mean? A kitchen staff walks out, whatever that would be. That's kind of all I ever knew. I was GM one at 23. My dad got sick. He had pancreatic cancer. So then I started regional manager of all three of them while he was in treatment. And 
after he passed, you know, just typical story, things go awry, wasn't the spot for me anymore. So I opened my own. I did a full build out in Tomball. A couple of months before I opened, his longest running chef called me and he wanted to come with me. When I opened, I was very blessed in the regard that when I did open, 31 managers came with me. They knew me. Some of them, we had worked together 15, 16 years. So they already knew me and my work ethic and what we were about to go do. So that was very humbling to have them step out of what they knew and just come follow me at a brand new store. Especially when you go, when I go back and think about it, it's pretty awe-inspiring how it all went down. Scary at the time, one of those kind of white-knuckle, clinging-to-life type of events, but it went down the way it was supposed to go. Absolutely. So one thing I know about Captain Brad's is, and I say this lovingly, you have a cult following. You know, there are people that are very loyal to you, loyal to your brand, and loyal to some of your employees. Absolutely. You know, you've got a great set of employees, but beyond that, how do you foster that type of mentality among your customers? What are you doing different? What makes you so different that these people are willing to follow you so hardcore? I think it's a lot of different factors. For one, I think because I've been in the restaurant industry and on the side of town since I was in elementary school, a lot of them saw me grow up. You know, I mean, they saw me through all these different phases of life. They knew my dad. They knew the story. They just, they know my grandma. So I think they automatically had that connection back for, I mean, what, 25 years or something. And a lot of these, the staff members I have now came from my dad. So it's not just that, oh, they love to work with me. It's not that we didn't have a turnover. And I remember thinking that even when I was younger, while my dad was still alive, like, you know, service industry has a high turnover. They can go out and get another job tomorrow. But our crew really just didn't leave. Even me and the chef, we've been together. We've been working together since we were 19. We're about to be 36, you know, so that doesn't happen very often. So I think that speaks to my dad's character and then mine to a part now. But I think it's the familiar faces, you know, so then when our regulars come in, they see the same people all the time. Last night we had a birthday dinner for one of the guys that's, he just turned 27. He's been with me since he was 16, one of my best friends. And we had guests from the restaurant at his birthday dinner. It's just, I think too, because we're, we're raw, we're not corporate. They don't have to say what they have to say. I don't have to say what I'm going to say. We're going to keep it hundred percent across the board. And I want that from my guests as well. And I think people can just relate to that and, and appreciate it. You know, I mean, We've had Thanksgivings where it's the guests are at my house. You know what I mean? It's very cool, very different, I think. But yeah, I think it's just that, that you know, they, they know what they're getting and they respect that and vice versa. So what trends and changes in the past few years with the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry have really driven any type of change with your company and, and what changes have you made? I think the biggest thing, period, is COVID. I mean, that was pretty scary. I did a build out for a year. So that was like, you know, mortgaging the house, the accounts are empty, the credit cards are maxed. So it was all the stress of that for for one year. The next year is we're open. Thank God we did well. Thank God I paid the store off at that point and didn't just get overzealous with it. And then right after that, it's a Saturday night and crawfish season. You know, we're busy. And I look up and my guy that does all my menus and stuff is in the building. And he's like, let me talk to you in the office. So it kind of struck me as odd. We've worked together for 10 years, too. We used to work with my dad. And he's like, I'm pretty sure they're about to close your dining room. And I was like, man, what are you talking about? Like, it just seems so far-fetched. And it was going into our crawfish season, which is our money season. I mean, a lot of times you make your money in crawfish season that gets you through the slow season. So in 24 hours, he had us online ready to do to-go orders. But at that point, when I look back now, even on my Facebook memories, it's like I didn't realize what a whirlwind we were in because I was just 
hell bent on this can't tank. You know what I mean? Like I had my phone charged in the dining room because I was not missing a text message. I was not missing a face. Like I, whatever sale we could make, we had to make. Not just for me, but I mean, I got all these people looking at me that are parents too that have to pay their bills. So we went to online ordering, whole new platform. But I was very blessed in that regard too, because I've heard of people who, a lot of people want to get, a lot of industry like servers and stuff wanted to get unemployment. I didn't run into that. I know a restaurant, they couldn't even open because their crew was just like, we're not going to deliver. My crew, we danced in Pokemon outfits at birthdays with seafood. They drove my truck. They drove their truck. It was like, my crew did not miss a beat. They were just here for whatever. They're all hours of the night, morning, whatever we had to do. A couple of my girls were putting their cell phone numbers on our Facebook so they could order through them because our phone lines were busy. And away from that, it was that, man, this community rallied with us. And it wasn't even, hey, let me get two pounds of crawfish. They're telling me, hey, let me have 45 pounds of crawfish because they're just sitting in their driveway, still being as social as they can, dare I say. Yeah, it was kind of just a whirlwind of all of it, just blessed in all regards, you know, with the guests, with my crew, with just adapting, I guess. It's still a little scary, but where we're at in Tomball, it's not as scary, dare I I say. I know I'm just going to go there. The first time they wrote me up in the foodie group for not enforcing a mask, our sales went up the next day by like 20%. And for me, I was like, what do you mean we have to enforce a mask? Like I'm a female business owner. I'm supposed to walk up to a guy in Tomball with his wife and kids and be like, hey, y'all need to all get a mask because they're going to look at me like, who do you think you are? So I just kind of stood for what I thought was, again, go back to my Facebook where no holds bar. And it worked thus far. You know what I mean? People appreciated it. They respected it. And we made it through COVID, you know? So what a blessing that is that not everyone can say. So that was all wild. I felt like we had to adapt every other day, but hopefully we're on the down end of that. We'll see. Or if not, we'll keep adapting, you know? So how was that dealing with, you know, state regulators and stuff during that, that hard time before COVID hit during COVID? And now have there been any changes with dealing with the state, any types of tips or anything you can pass off to other restaurants that might be listening? That kind of goes back to who you get as well. What agent comes out to you? Because one night I looked up and all dressed in black were like three or four TABC guys. But at first I was like, what is that? The SWAT team? I'd never seen them like that. I've been in the industry forever. And then I saw them like, oh, okay. And there was, there was nothing wrong. I guess they were just inspecting her. People were calling constantly because of the mask thing. At one point, I mean, whatever, they told me I had 285 complaints, but 80 of them were from another restaurant owner. It's like, okay. So I think it really just depends on who you get because at that, the TABC guys, to me, they look like big old country boys. And they're very nice. And when they left, one of them turned around and came back up to me. And he was like, hey, can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, how is your business doing? You know, they get it. It's scary. You know, that's how 70 of us feed our kids, you know? So I said, you know, we're doing all right. And he just had a big old smile. He's like, good. So I was like, okay, I'm safe with that one right there. Like he gets it. But I don't know. We've always, I mean, our scores are always high. Like the restaurant is clean, which kind of threw me off too, because I'm like, if you use your brain for half a second, our restaurant is clean. It stays clean front of house, back house, like we're like that. You know, I've had the health department coming in like, can we come in your kitchen now? I'm like, I've never had y'all ask me that. Like, yeah, you can come in now. What's the point if y'all are giving me a warning, you know? But yeah, were we enforcing the mask? Not really. But then you think about it too. It's like, there's someone that may have like a 70 score on cleanliness, but they have masks. Like, what exactly are we doing here? My restaurant's clean. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it all just kind of depends on the agent that you get. And we were blessed with agents during COVID that held us to a standard, but didn't go overboard. That was just overwhelming. 
So did you have any other business owners or other restaurants to rely on or were they just calling in complaints on you? I know you said it was just the one. Yeah, it was one. And I know what that was about, which is wild. I'm like, you got to pay for what you put out there. So if you're trying to sink another mom and pop, oh, oh, that good thing's coming down your lane, you know. But I think we all rallied together. It was every like almost every day, at least five days a week, I would feed my crew with somebody local. You know what I mean? Like some of the local restaurants around here just go buy a bunch of food to feed them, post it. It's funny because it was like people think that if you own a business, you're just out here getting rich. It's like, well, in our industry, no one was getting rich during COVID. We were all just trying to make it, you know? So I think, especially out here in Tomball, the network, it's different. It's I've been in Champions. I've been in Cypress. I've been in Spring. Tom, And it's crazy how it's just five miles away from these places. But the way that, that everyone rallies with each other is unlike anything I've ever seen. And I think we all just kind of... We all have to make it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't win if half of us lose and half of us win. Like, we all have to make it through this. And for the most part, I think we did. Still scary, but I don't know. And then the the people out here got it, too. They were rallying with not just me. They were rallying with the mom and pops, which doesn't happen everywhere. The community support out here is unlike anything I've ever seen. Very humbling. Very, very humbling. Yeah. That's definitely one thing we love about the Tomball area. You know, the yeah. uh, Chamber of Commerce. I love the Chamber. All yeah, of the them. EDC, everybody. They're, the they're all so supportive. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. then the businesses here are so supportive. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yep, yep, yep. I, I don't feel like it's any of that. It's not clicky. It's like, hey, we're all in this together. Like, that's probably why everyone did make it. Because, you know what I mean? That's the energy we're putting out there. It's like, hey, we got to do this. But, yeah, even the Chamber, I tell them all the time. I'm like, man, I, this is the first time that I've been like, I Everyone in the chamber, like they are just solid, good people. out. And you know what? That's probably a big reason why everyone sticks together, too, because they kind of set the tone. Them, Rotary, all of them, they kind of set the tone. Right. Just to kind of lighten up the mood a little bit, what's your best customer story? Something that was just amazing about a customer or a group? I mean, I got a lot where I just sit back and think like even uh, now we've become friends. But there was a guy in the restaurant the other day. When, even when we first opened, you know, the bills are crazy. The re- I'm in debt. I'm not everyone knew me out here, of course, but we had this group of guys that would come in every Friday. And when I tell you they would come in for lunch and drop $900 to $1,000 before the tip, and it was every Friday. And what makes it that more personal is I, like, I knew a lot of people. So a lot of people were rallying with me because they knew I did get wrong in the, in the story with my dad's business. I got done, but whatever, it was a blessing. But at the time people were rocking with me just because they knew like they related back to like, don't let someone pass away and then screw the kids over. Like, that's not what we're here for. So they rallied with me in that regard. And, you know, I'm very appreciative for that too. But these guys that would come in, I mean, they're spending four or $5,000 a month in the restaurant. And I didn't know them at the time. Now I'm friends with all of them, but I didn't know them at the time. And it was just really them being dads and small business owners and kind of just making a statement where I was just shook. You know, I mean, I'm when I say I was white knuckle clinging to life, I was. I was 33 on like blood pressure. We all do that as business owners, but it was just like, whoa, like, you know, my inheritance got taken, my business got taken out from under me. And to have people that I didn't know just really make a statement with that kind of money every week was definitely heartwarming. You know what I mean? It's like, what do I say to y'all? But now now we're all friends too. But I, I tell them that now. I'm like, I didn't know y'all. So y'all kind of get some extra points because y'all just rocked with us and my crew. My crew would fight over who got to take care of them because they were like so easygoing. They would always tip these girls, the girls, the servers, the girls, the guys, a couple hundred bucks. It was just, I don't know, man, very generous. I've had a lot of just stories like that where they just really just are, I don't know, man. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, does everybody have this? Because I don't think they do. Like, just solid gold people. The foodie groups, man. When someone writes me up in the foodie group, 
I don't follow them all the time. I didn't know what was going on. My, my phone kept blowing up, and they're like, the foodie group, the foodie group. I couldn't find what they were talking about. By the time I get on there, they had to delete that because so many people just went to bat for us. You know what I mean? And th- again, I'm like, every time that happened, like, I don't ever want it to happen. But I'm like, man, thank God that I know and I see that not everybody has people that are just going to, you know, and it's your name, it's your business on your Facebook, and they're just going to bat for us. So I don't know. I feel like we're very blessed in all of that. For sure. For sure. So tell us about the actual restaurant side, the bar side, running things. What sets you apart from your competitor? How do you do it differently? What works for you? What doesn't work? What is something you found that doesn't work and you've had to change? Like, you know, for one, there was a space open near me and I was like, what do I do? Do I open another one and be a steakhouse? I'm like, no, I think this, my family's is seafood. Like we had, my dad had crab boats, shrimp boats. My, my dad was a third generation commercial fisherman. So when I say seafood or whatever, it's not a marketing gimmick. It's not like my dad fished on the weekends. And that's, that was our whole lifestyle for his cousins, his everybody. So I think that it's just authentic. It really is like the tie back to seafood is authentic. That I think a lot of people will tell the story about going to my dad's first restaurant and sitting on the curb, like my dad had this, we didn't have any money. My dad had to borrow money to open this restaurant and he was in champions open in 96. And that was a spot back then. It was, you know, big houses, Mercedes, BMWs. It was a money area back then. And my dad's restaurant was nothing fancy because he didn't have the money to be fancy or even the knowledge. We didn't know we're Bay rats. We don't know how to be fancy. And when I tell you people would park on the curb, just to be there. And I think a lot of it was my dad is just authentic and they liked him. And like, you know, it it was him a hundred percent. It was him. But I think that sets us apart that they, a lot of people who still come to my store, they kind of saw the American dream unfold in this guy that knew nothing about the restaurant industry, but he was going to work. He was going to sleep in the truck in the parking lot and get back up. He was going to learn how to do the plumbing. And he did. And he was incredibly successful, especially in, you know, he passed 22 years after he started. So I'm like, man, if they would have gave, if he would have got another 20, where would he have been? You know, but I think that sets us apart in that there's a real connection back to the story on all regards, even to his story, being a commercial crab or fisherman, all that. And I love when people tell me that they're like, I love the vibe in here, like the vibe. I'm like, man, you right, right. But my servers have personalities, you know, like you go to some places and they follow this, this, this. That's not what I want to go for. And if that if people appreciate that, that's cool. My servers will joke back with you. They have each other's phone numbers. I'll look on Facebook. My servers are out with some of the regulars. It's just, it's real communal up there and um, just fun, upbeat. I never wanted to market myself as Cajun. I feel, you know, I feel like a lot of times people see seafood and they think it has to be Cajun. I'm like, no, we were on the Texas coast our whole life, right? You know, like I think, I'm pretty sure I was conceived on the beach in Sea Drift, Texas. Like we're, nothing about us is trying to be Cajun, right? So, I think that too, it's not like, I'm not, I don't have, I don't have Cajun anywhere on my menu. It's like, I'm not trying to be what everyone else is trying to be in these pop-up shops at all. I'm trying to be authentic. This is what we do. This is how we did it on the Texas coast. That, and I don't know, I think we're just relatable. Everyone knows how to get a hold of me, my sister. Like if there's a problem, I I hate when people leave and the problem's not addressed because if we do mess up and if we do mess up, I want to make it right. So when you walk out that door, even if you're like, you know, that's not the spot for me, you still don't feel cheated. You know what I mean? My dad used to always tell me, when people walk in the door, make sure they feel like they're walking into their friend's house. I'm like, okay. And so we've always had that. I, and I drill that into my servers now. And a lot of them worked with my dad. So they heard him say that a hundred times. Like when they, when people open and I tell them too, I'm like, man, for one, restaurants are like, what mom pops are like 90 something percent fail rate. Like it, that's a hard industry. And Houston has the highest restaurants per capita. Or we did at some point in all of America. 
So these people have choices. So when they choose, let's park here and come into Brad's, you better treat them like royalty and be grateful that they chose us. And I think a lot of people pick up on that. You know, we may have some new servers that don't completely get the mindset. And if they do, we'll, they'll get weeded back out. But my core crew knows we run on like gratitude. Like we know y'all have options and y'all pick to come to Brad. So let us show you why, you know? So I think that, I think it's just comfortable, dare I say. Absolutely. So going back to that white knuckle time where you're mortgaging your stuff, maxing out your credit cards, draining your savings, as a new business owner, someone facing that exact scenario, what's the best advice you can give to them to get through that point? I sat in my closet and I just prayed. I'm like, what am I doing? It was just at one point, I mean, there was no money at that point. You know, there was nothing else to pull back on. I remember thinking like, if I need tires on my car, I don't have the money for that. And I don't have the credit for it either. So I don't know. I think you got to kind of be frugal as much as you can. We did a lot of work ourselves. When we were doing the build out, I mean, there was probably eight of us that were at that restaurant all the time. If it was painting, all the pickets in the restaurant, we painted in my driveway. My food runner now, Anthony, that's been with me forever, he did the floors because it was like, you know, if we can knock out the simple task, because a lot of the skilled stuff, we don't know what we're doing, we're restaurant industry, but whatever simple task we can knock out, let's do that and save the money and I'll feed everybody tacos for 40 bucks. And and I was blessed to have a crew around me that wanted to do that and they wanted to get back to work and they were there for it. But I think that, and then I think once you do get open, just, I didn't, I mean, I didn't make, I didn't really draw a salary. I was like, you just pay that back because who would have thought COVID happened? If anything goes wrong and we're not at that point, when you have the time to, you have the chance to save your money, you have to, you know what I mean? Especially parents and everything. I'm like, what am I going to do if this fails? I'm going to have to work, sell body lotion at the mall or something. Cause I don't know anything else. I don't have a, I don't have a college degree, but yeah, I think just get in there. And I told my contractor too, who was my dad's contractor. I'm like, you might get annoyed. Cause I'm going to be on site every day. Cause I'm going to, I want to learn what you're doing. And after doing that, I'm like, if I ever did a full build out again, I know I'd save 20% because I know more about how it works and how we're going to be more efficient. You know what I mean? Now, looking back, I appreciate it because it put a lot of things in perspective really quickly, you know? So I think it's a good rite of passage for all of us business owners if we can make it in the end. And I think a lot of us can, you know? Just have that belief and yeah, just rock with it, pray, man. It, yeah, it's funny too because when all that happened, I would be sitting in my closet, just being like, "God, show me what I'm doing." I don't even know what I'm doing. Like my dad died, I'm, I got messed up out of the will, I lost my job, but what am I doing? You know, everything was just not routine anymore. Like I was used to my whole life, and used to having my dad. I could always be like, "Hey, I, I never bothered him much, but if the rock was there, right? Like if I needed something." So now I'm like, "Dang!" Kind of felt like I was free falling. But I just, I'm like, man, show me where I'm going. Where I'm, I can't even think. Just show me what I'm doing. And at that point, I had lived. I lived in North Point. And when I tell you that I had went through all the rounds of negotiations with my attorneys and signed the lease in North Point, not even realizing, it sounds so. Even to say, I'm like, wait, how did you not know that? I didn't even realize that I had signed a lease in my own neighborhood because it was just a whirlwind until like a month later. And I'm looking at the lease and I'm like, oh. What? Oh, that's convenient that my restaurant's four minutes away from my house. But at the time, I was not even strategic. I was just like, hey, show me what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, you make the decisions and let me follow you. And uh, that worked because I got two kids and we're four minutes from the restaurant. So, you know, wild times for sure. Anything that you struggled through or failed on that you would like to just mention to give kind of a heads up or a way for other people to avoid those mistakes? Any any mistakes you want to talk about? I think I could have done a lot of things a lot cheaper if I would have jumped in and researched it more like the beer system I paid an ungodly amount of money for 
where I didn't need that. You know, I mean, I could have jumped in and done something different. That, and I think, and this is really just going to appeal to restaurant, but we opened, and I had my chef, thank God. But I think we were kind of overzealous in the fact that we were used to working with people that had all worked together for years. So we could knock, they could knock out whatever came back there. But to start with a new crew, and we opened in January, you know, got the honeymoon period, any business kind of you have the honeymoon period, everyone wants to see what it's all about, and then went into crawfish season. I think I should have kept it a little bit more simpler. You know what I mean? Like my menu should have been smaller. I don't think I should have put as many tables in there just so I could have maybe had more control over it just to give everyone the while. Because I mean, there was, and but people in Tom Bar are so patient. Like even when we opened my Cypress store, I mean, well, my dad's Cypress store, as business owners and anyone with half a brain knows, if it's a new business, they're going to have kinks to work out. It doesn't matter if it's a lawn service, whatever it is, right? Podcast, whatever it is, you got to learn your kinks. But I remember in Cypress, man, people at that store at that time, they kind of gave me hell in the beginning where, and I'm talking about like their appetizers might've been taking like 30 minutes. We're an eight minute appetizer. And my guys stated that, but Tomball, I mean, our computers kept going down and it was just a whirlwind. And it would be like, when I tell you people were waiting an hour and I would go to the tables and I'm like, look, I'm so sorry. What can I do? Like I would comp their stuff. Cause just because I mean, I, I don't want your money if you came here and I didn't provide. Right. When I tell you so many people were like, just bring me a Coors Light. I don't care. Just let me bring the boot and balls when they're here. Just bring me a Coors Light. Like I'm fine. And you know, I'd walk from the table, like just so appreciative because I've been on the flip side of that. I mean, I've been to where I'm driving home crying. Like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. Cause people can be mean and not see from my perspective, like y'all can see, you watch me and you know, I'm doing all I can. Everyone's doing all we can. Like we're not taking this laxadaisical. Things are rough in the beginning, but yeah, it was just all, I mean, just, I don't know. Maybe I would just go, a little bit more simpler on the menu just to ensure that I never ran into that again. But besides that, I don't know. The rest is all kind of trial and error, I guess. Awesome. Well, how can we support you? How can the listener support you? Where can we find you? Plug everything you've got and just give us that that one minute sales pitch. Okay. So we're in Tomball on 249 across from the movie theater at North Point and seven days a week, full bar. Even if you're not in the position to come and spend money on seafood or you don't like seafood, social media is huge, man. Share us. And, but also away from that, if we mess up, my emails on there, everything's on there. If you do come to my store and you don't enjoy something, reach out to me, like help me make it better. You know what I mean? Like tell me what you like, tell me what you didn't just so I can continue to provide a spot for my guests and for my crew, you know, but yeah, just in any way, just keep Brad's name out there, I guess. That's always very humbling to even see it on social media, you know, that's huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, one big thing I want to note before we wrap up too, is how much you care about first responders, military, all those people. I know you've got that front row parking yeah. for, you know, yep. your hero parking is what you call it. Yep. I believe Super, yeah, but, it's, called, it's reserved for superheroes. Yeah. Right. And then do you offer a discount program? We do all military is 20% off all the time. And then, you know, last year we did it and it was huge. Like we've done like, like donation nights, I guess, for all kinds of different things. But we did uh, Camp Hope last year, and we were so busy all day long. It was so that I'm providing the spot, I'm giving back, but it's also people are there to spend. So it's not just me; it's everybody, you know. But I mean, I think we raised like thirty six hundred dollars in a day for, and which I've never seen it like that. So this area is big on supporting the first responders and all that too. A lot of times when I see a uniformed police officer in there, and my crew knows asked me too if I got a couple uniformed police officers in there eating lunch. They're not paying, not not all the time. It depends on what the numbers are. But a lot of times I'm not, I don't want the 25 bucks, man. Go, thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you for 
well, I mean, how does that quantify anything? But that's just kind of a respect thing too. But yeah, we, we do boots for troops. We donate, we sponsor their stuff too. They do a lot for troops overseas and all that. So yeah, I think everyone kind of yeah, out, here, seen, out here, they rally. I've seen you take care of, you know, the school, the teachers, yeah. the students before as well. So yeah. I think it just goes and kind of speaks to y'all's values, you it, know? Yeah, it's community. I feel like you, you got to be generous. You got to give the blessings out to get the blessings back. You know what I mean? And you got to, if it's something, yeah, that we believe and we stand on, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been a great conversation. Absolutely. I do appreciate you being here today, taking the time out just to kind of get that word about Captain Brad's well, out there. I appreciate you very much. Appreciate you very much. Absolutely. You've been listening to The Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef Podcast.